And now it is my divine pleasure to introduce someone who has been a teacher, a mentor, and a loving light in my life, our very own Dr. Reverend Patrick Cameron. Good morning. There it is. Well, before we do our prayer, um, one of the things that is really powerful spiritual practice, and I'm going to share with you my, a bit of my, my adventure with John of God, let there be light, <laughs> is um, gratitude. And I am just so grateful for the, the beautiful presence of of uh, angels of God's presence in my life. And um, this morning, if you were at the first service, I offered uh, Reverend Catherine McLeod my gratitude and appreciation for speaking while I was gone. And also while I was gone, Reverend Connie Nissen did a stellar job. I've heard nothing but wonderful things about what she had to share. And I, I just think that for me, so this is very self-serving for me because it puts me into a state of unconditional love and gratitude. And I want to practice that as much as I can because it's Third Kingdom. So I'm going to invite Reverend Connie Nissen to come up here, if you would. And say, I have some flowers for you. I did not grow those myself. I was in Brazil, but, but actually God did, and we're all connected to God. And here's a, a card to just simply say thank you. And the other piece that I want to share that um, I was able to do, if you look at this table that's getting all full of stuff, but... I brought back some crystals. I wanted to bring back everyone, everyone a crystal. Um, no, no, you stay here. This is for you as well. This is, I'm going to explain your gift. This is a crystal from the Casa of John of God. And it's built, it's built on a, um, a foundation of, of uh, crystal. And so the story there goes that the, the entities of love and light that operate in that uh, environment have infused this. And so I wanted to just... Uh, I know that we don't worship uh, icons and crosses and crystals and rocks, but this was very sweet and wonderful, and I want to offer that to you in gratitude and appreciation to, to have that in your home. Thank you. So you are, thank I you. Feel the energy of it. Oh yeah, I and just radiating. Yes, so yes, you're thank welcome. You. Thank you. And so, what I brought back, if you'd like to look at these, these are two obsidian crystals that are from the Casa. And I wanted to bring them back as a touchstone of, um, so they're green, and the one has, this one is the, well, I was with uh, about 35 people, most of them were female, and what the idea was is this one is the male, this is the female, but the ladies told me, no, this is the male, this is the female, so I said, okay, whatever it is, I'm good with that. And uh, they're sitting here, so if you'd like to come take a look at them, but it's quite beautiful. And I just thought, you know, you only get so much weight that you can carry in the bag, and so I kind of maxed out and said, that's good, so... All right, let's see. Hmm. Let's sing a song, huh? There we, that's where we are, good. All right, I'm gonna invite you to, if you'd like to stand and sing, great. If not, please stay seated. And the words are over my shoulders, and you know that, unless you're here for the first time. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world and in this very room there's quite enough joy for all the world 
And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit. So I invite you to know with me in this moment as we recognize the unseen life and that the, the finest expression of that vibration of the Most High, of that divine current, is God. And the mystery that that is and, the, and the, the insight and the awareness and the intuition that I have and my experience with that reminds me and reinforces me each and every time I forget. And so I stand in that oneness with you and I recognize the divinity within you. I, div I recognize this divine current that is occupying this, this sanctuary like never before. Because this is a new day. You and I are renewed in this moment as we look in this direction. I am lifted up as you are lifted up and I accept that as my divine son and daughtership with this infinite intelligence and so I know that everything that I am spirit is this is my life and so I'm grateful I stand in the gratitude and the appreciation of all the blessings that my life contains in this moment a mind to think eyes to see lungs to take in the life ears to hear and so it is powerful and it's wonderful and I'm so grateful to be reminded of that in this moment. I'm grateful to know that if you, you and I, anything and everything that is awaiting our awareness and our attention so that we may stand more fully orbed in that expression of the infinite divine expression of life that is God, is spirit, is that, that, that mystery as well as the, the knowing in that small capacity that I have in my own awareness. I expand that in this moment. I open myself to the love and the grace. I am so grateful that there is something that is unseen that is allowing me to move forward with whatever I impress upon it. And so I, th I say thank you. Thank you, thank you, Spirit. Thank you, this infinite intelligence, for guiding, supporting, and resourcing me into being the best person I can possibly be. To be an expression of love on this planet when love is such a scarcity at times like this. To be an expression of intelligence and wisdom and clarity. And I give thanks for this. And I release these words in gratitude and appreciation. Knowing our celebration this day is a divine idea expressed by each and every one of us. Your life is God's life. There is no denying that. And you cannot convince me otherwise. For that is what I see this day. And I invite you to see that within me as well. So we share in that agreement. Where it is done. For this I give thanks. And together we say. And so it is. All right. Doo -doo. Doo -doo -doo -doo. So, I don't know if anybody knew, but I was in Brazil for two weeks. Yeah. Well, I, I would. I'm doing that in my heart. Anyway, um, so I wanted to share a little bit about um, my experience. We went to see this Brazilian uh, medium and mystic, John of God. How this came about, because um, there's so much information to try and condense this into. Um, I was in Vancouver, but when we're asking for guidance, we're asking for awareness, we're asking for in, greater insight and greater peace in our lives, we, it's our job to pay attention. 
And so when I was in Brazil, I was in uh, Vancouver at our leadership conference, and, and while I was there, uh, one of our fellow members, my fellow members on the leadership uh, team, um, Eileen Flanagan, who is a, a member of the Mile High Church in Colorado. The Mile High Church, if you don't know it, is probably our largest um, community, about probably 10,000 people. Easter, they had about 8,500 people that went through for their Easter celebration. They have a huge facility. So when I was there, and it's Dr. Roger Teal is the, the head of that community. And so... Um, Eileen and I have become very close. In fact, they've adopted me. Her and her sister went on a trip to John of God, and they said people wanted to know, is that your brother? And so Eileen decided, well, we're going to make you our brother. And I said, okay, good. I can be part of the Flanagan clan. So, um, uh, but we have a very, very wonderful uh, friendship. And she's a brilliant woman, and I love her, and I adore her. And she's actually going to come in and do some board development with us this coming in the next couple of months. And, and that'll be ongoing because what I see, the model that I see, see, my dream for this community, I have a vision. See, we all, we all have dreams. My vision is for what they've done in, in the Mile High Church. We can do our own version of that because if we don't do it, who's going to do it? Dr. Holmes said we, now is the time and we are the ones. And so when I was invited to go with Eileen, Eileen said, you know, I do, uh, without a whole lot of explanation, she said this will be my third trip to see John of God in Brazil. And, and John of God is this uh, South American healer. And he's not a healer, actually. He calls himself, he doesn't call himself John of God. He refers to himself as Medium Schwao. J-O-A-O, Medium Schwao. And so he doesn't consider himself John of God at all, and he says, I don't do the healing, God does the healing. And that's what we teach our practitioners here. We open the space for a bigger idea to come in, and so we become the portal, we become the doorway, and then the, the, what wants to happen can happen. So when I was talking to Eileen, I said, well, that's fascinating, you're going to go down there, because she's so analytical in her approach to life and spirituality, I just surprised me a bit. And she started talking about certain things. And, and then uh, the minister there, Dr. Roger Teal, approached me a few hours later and said, I heard you're interested in John of God. And I said, well, I'm fascinated, but I don't know anything about it. I've never been called to do it. And, and, he, and he, I said, why do you go? And he said, oh, my God. He said, the energy there is just incredible. It's an incredible experience. I said, well, have you been before? She said, this will be my fifth trip. He said, I go every six months. I thought, wow. So Laura and I came home and we were talking about it and we decided, well, she couldn't go, but I could go if I decided to go. And, and that, that was not, that was a challenge for us because we love to travel together. We love to get away and, and, and she works just as hard, if not harder than I do. She's the, you know, she's the undercurrent of, of coordination that uh, goes unseen but is so vitally important to what we do here. And uh, so we came home, and I was kind of on the fence, and then I talked to Leslie Paul. I said, Leslie, I want to go to Brazil. What do I need to do? Because Leslie has Les Paul travel downtown. She would know. She, how long have you been doing it? 60, 70 years now? <laughs> you look great. You look fabulous. See how travel serves you well? So I, Leslie says, you're never going to get your visa to go to Brazil in less than 21 days. 21 days is it. That's it. So I said, okay, whatever, I'm going to fill out the forms and I'm going to go ahead and mail it in. And if I, get, if I go, I go. And if I don't, I got a, I got a passport to Brazil. So I, I mail it in and I put it in a great big express envelope. said, express mail it in a great big one. Then I put a slightly smaller one inside for return with my address so I could get it right away. And about a, I put it in on a Monday. And all of a sudden, the next Monday, I, I go to the mailbox and there's this envelope. And I thought, oh, I forgot something. They sent it back. You know, there was some form I was missing or whatever. Open it up, there's my visa from Brazil. So I called Leslie, I said, guess what? Guess what I got today? And she said, what? And I said, my visa from Brazil. She says, man, you must know somebody. 
So I, I you know, then I, it kind of, I thought, well, okay, and Laura and I are still kind of talking and talking, and then in the meantime, when I'd mailed in the, the visa application, I called my mom, and it usually, I'll call my mom when I'm called to do it. She's 90 years old, and I'm embarrassed to say I didn't call her on her birthday, but I thought I should, yeah, and I've forgiven. <laughs> I've forgiven myself already, so you guys can go ahead and do your own work on that. I'm not grabbing that one again, believe me. I, did, I spent quite a while with that. Thank you very much. So, but I'll tell my mom what your sentiments, exactly. So anyway, uh, I called my mom, and she's 90, and she's very, very spiritual. My mom's always been mystical, and she said, oh, I'm so glad you called. And so I, I said, well, it's great to hear your voice. And she said, I had this dream the other night about you. Now, when you go before John of God, you are white. And the reason you wear white is because he looks at your etheric body. They look at your, hol- as a holograph, they look at you. And so as I was talking to my mom, she said, I had a dream the other night. I looked out in the yard of my dream, and you were dressed all in white, and I heard God say, I'm very pleased with you. And I thought, wow, I think I better go to this trip to see John of God. So I was on board, and I got signed up and um, went with 38 people from the uh, Denver church at Mile High. Now, the very sweet thing was, I know that many of you have got this copy of Science of Mind, and, and I wrote all the daily guides in this this month, which was quite a, was quite a feat. Thank you. Thank you. And, and so it was so much fun to come out, and people would come, come down the steps in the morning, and they'd, they'd be looking at me, and they'd say, this is a great one today. We really like this one. Although on April 4th, the lady said to me, I wrote about Wayne Gretzky, and she said, I love them all, but the one on Gretzky, you got to remember, we're all women here, and we're not hockey fans, so knock off the, the sports stuff, will you? <laughs> I said, I noted, and I will record that for future editions, uh, uh, and then I had several women from the congregation say, what's the problem with Gretzky? We love Gretzky, so anyway, it's, I guess it's the crowd you run with. So, um, John, John of God is a full trans medium. I'm just going to tell you what I know. And then you can, and, and if none of it applies to you or you don't uh, agree with it, let it wash over you. I'm not, I'm not promoting, I'm sharing. Okay? But what I want to talk about and what I want to share to begin all this, Dr. Ernest Holmes had this to say, and I think it's very poignant and important. And as soon as I found the note card I put it on, I will read it to you. It's on what? Well, thank you, Laura. She's keeping an eye on me. There it is. I know you can see it's good. See how much they love you? So, on page 120, 121 of this book called Ideas of Power, Dr. Holmes wrote this. He says, I want to see a time, and I expect to see it, when everyone who comes into one of our meetings who needs healing will go out well. I want to see a time when everyone and anyone who comes to one of our meetings, and I expect to see this, comes into one of our meetings, needs healing, will go out well. He said it ought to be that way. It is wrong if it isn't that way. We haven't put the thing together right if we don't do it. And we should not criticize ourselves for not having done it. All of the wealth of the world cannot compensate for this. There is nothing the world can give us in exchange for the coin of the eternal kingdom of the everlasting God. Jesus didn't need a baker. He could multiply the loaves and the fishes. He didn't need a banker. He could find money in the fish's mouths. Why don't we? And so what he's talking about, what Dr. Holmes is talking about is consciousness. And so when I went to, to um, Abhijanya, and Abhijanya is about a, a 90 miles south of, uh, it's an hour and a half, whatever kilometers that is. I'm, I'm you know, an American. I'm recovering American, and so kilometers is, is still a mystery to me, but... 
But uh, it's about an hour and a half south of Brasilia, which is in the center of Brazil in, in, the, in the flatlands. And it's this little village. It's, I don't know how many people, but I don't think it's more than, you know, a thousand people, maybe 500. We stayed with um, um, Heather Cummings. And Heather, I left the book back on the sound uh, um, platform because uh, people wanted to see it on their way out. And so I, I was showing the title. We'll get, we'll get copies for people that would like to read it. But Heather has been with John of God since 2003, so about 10 years. And um, she's a brilliant woman, so she wrote this book, John of God. And a lot of the details about it, which I'm not going to share today, are, are in that book. This guy's been doing this for 50 years. He uh, started when he was 16. And what he does is, he, is a full transmedium is that when, and the way I would interpret the way using our language is that his consciousness goes to sleep and another consciousness emerges and he does, he works with people in a healing modality. Um, next Sunday at 2 o'clock, I will show a movie called The Mysteries, the, the Mysteries uh, Magic of John of God. And it's a wonderful one-hour documentary, wonderful testimonials from doctors and, and, and very intelligent, bright people explaining their, their experiences there. But he's helped millions of people over the years. And so what, what happens is, is that when you, when you go into this little village of Abhijandi, you can feel this sort of vibration. And as I spent more and more time in it, and see what, what's happening is, is he, that my prayer this morning, rather than the words that I share, is what I want to share with, with you is that energy. So my prayer work has all been devoted to allowing me to be a, a conveyance or a doorway for that energy, for what I experienced there. Because once you, once you tap into that current, once you understand that vibration, it's just so, uh, it's addictive in many ways. It's just, it's powerful. It's, a, it's the vibration of unconditional love. And it was so familiar for me, and I'll tell you why it was familiar, because this is what we do here. The same thing is happening here that's happening there. The understanding that consciousness precedes experience, and that as we shift and change in consciousness, healing can take place. So when, when in Heather's book, there's someone that comes to him, and to, the, to John of God, it's incorporated. There's several doctors that, it's a phenomenal thing to experience. There's several doctors that work through him, and there's, there's entities of light, they call it. So there's a legion of light that calls this like smoke there. It's everywhere present. So it's this vibration that's very, very interesting and powerful. But what, what he'll do, and the story I was re referencing in Heather's book is people ask for healing. And at one point, the, he's told by the, who's working through John of God, uh, I won't do that. Because if I heal this, and you haven't corrected your thinking and your way of being, it will just reemerge. So what they're saying is that our 50%, as we teach you here, is we can come in, you can come in and work with a practitioner. You can come in and ask for prayer work around whatever it may be, but if you're not willing to look in your own life at the ways that you're not supporting that through your, your biases and how you think and how you operate and how you live your life, you're not going to have the, the results of what you're looking for. So it's not magic. It's not pixie dust. So if you've got a problem that's going on years and years and years and you'd like to go have this thing fixed, what you're going to be asked to do then is look at your own life and how you can shift and change your, your attitudes, your behaviors, your beliefs, your consciousness around this. It's exactly what we teach. What I said to Dr. Roger Teal, I said, you know, I'm going to have to try and go home and explain this to people. How do you explain this to your congregation? And he said, uh, he said what, what he encourages people to do is just simply expand their perception of spirituality. In the West, we have a certain perception of spirituality, that, that, and I'm comfortable with it, but when I start talking about uh, incorporation of a different consciousness is the way I would context this and how that operates, I realize there's times when I'm doing a, um, when I'm doing a prayer treatment 
that there's an awareness and a life that comes over me. I don't lose consciousness, I don't go to sleep, but I have that. So when I see what's happening with him, when they say he's a full trans medium, we, we all do this in our prayer work when we're shifted and changed in consciousness. And I have to tell you how inspiring it is to watch people from all over the world, the, the language there is Portuguese, everything they announce is in German, Portuguese, Italian, uh, it depends on the audience, and there's different people that speak and help, help him. We, we gather in a great hall that when you get there. So everyone on a Tuesday, we flew in, got our, our land legs on Tuesday, flew from Atlanta to Brasilia, and then took the shuttle to uh, Abijania. And so on Tuesday, you're sort of getting acclimated, and we took the, the ladies took us out and showed us the village. It takes about 15 minutes to see the whole village. And we stayed in this lovely hotel. What Heather's done is she's devoted her life to this man. She's written the book. She's bought this hotel. She's renovated it. It's, my room was probably the size of this platform here. A little bathroom, little bed, single bed, um, toilet. Can't flush anything down the toilet other than your waste, but the paper all goes in a basket because the pipes can't take it. It's that kind of environment. Very clean. The food was amazing. These women did so many things with vegetables. These, these Brazilian cooks, it was incredible. So we got these great meals, um, and, and, and there was a, there's a story in the video if you don't get a chance next week to see it, and we'll, we're going to spend some time um, talking about this because I've, I've set aside a period of, of uh, a space for us to go back as a community. I will go back, if I could go back every six months, I would go back. It was so restorative for me, it was so affirming for me, and I felt so connected and loved and, and revitalized and, and had so many things shift and change in my own being, um, and I'm still processing it. I'm still figuring it out. But it was, in, it was being in this cocoon of unconditional love. In the, in the video, there's a, a story that a researcher, he's an educator from Stanford University, and he talks about he was having seizures, and he went, and his mom and dad are both medical doctors. And so with these seizures, he couldn't figure out what to do. He, he exhausted everything he could do with what we know as Western medicine. And he said, you know, I just, I had to, I couldn't function. I couldn't work anymore. I was taken away from what I love. I had to do something with these seizures. So he began to travel the world. If you were here for Joyce Hawks, when we had Joyce, you know, Joyce has done her work with the, 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 shaman, the shamanistic practitioners of the, the Far East, as well as being a scientist. So he started looking all over for someone that could help him, and he finally ended up in Abhijanya. And he said, the moment that I entered the environment, um, my seizure stopped. And he said, the problem was is that when I'd leave the environment, my seizures would return. And he said, what I knew was that there's about a, a kilometer length and about 500 meters on either side where this vibration is, where John of God does the work. And so he said... For three years, I did, he said I had to do my own house cleaning in my consciousness to have the healing that I was longing for. It took three years. But he said he realized that what he was asked to do was look in his own being and heal those parts of himself, put down and move aside whatever was no longer serving him, and so that his, his expression of health would be in balance and harmony. And so it's no different than what we talk about here. You know, I tell people all the time, we don't have a magic bullet. This isn't pixie dust. But if you're willing to engage and you're willing to look at the places in your life that are incomplete or that you'd like to have a different experience, when you're stuck in lack or limitation or you're, you're, you're locked into these um, um, limiting ideas, that's our work to do. So down there they say, you know, you can immerse yourself in this energy, but then it's your work to do. So your 50% is to go about and change your life the best way you can. 
I thought, man, I love that. Because if I'd gone there and they said, oh, he's going to, you know, he'll, he'll throw pixie dust on you, I would, you know, I probably would have. But I had enough people that I loved and respected that were kind of opening the door for me. So I didn't go there unprepared. When you enter the Great Hall, it's a beautiful thing because there's people, there's, I think every day there was at least 800 to 1,000, maybe 1,200 people every day that would go before John of God and, the, and, the, and be in that energy. The, and, and one of the beautiful things is when you see all the people, the parents holding their children, there were some there were parents there with children in, in their uh, uh, buggies and carts for the children, uh, and there were people with crutches, there were people with, um, uh, in wheelchairs. But it was such an um, a indication of how we long to be healthy, how we all long to have health in our lives, a wholeness. And the other piece for me was how we long to be close to God. So when you're there, and John of God doesn't have a religion. He said, I don't teach a religion. He said, and I'm not the healer. But he said, for whatever reason, this is what I was called to do. He takes no money for it. He's never been allowed to be, receive compensation for it. He has a cattle ranch, and he's in a couple of businesses with other people. So it's not a, a hugely opulent environment, but it's very clean, and it's very well put together. There are people on staff that are paid, and there, people donate money all the time, and that's how the staff is paid. And there's some things they do. They sell crystals. Um, there's, a, you know, there's a gift shop. There's a little um, uh, snack bar as well. But, and then one of the things he does, I didn't say this the first service, so don't tell them if they, they ask you. But every day after the first service, they serve blessed soup. So the idea being that you can, everyone gets a bowl of soup at the end of the morning service. And on Tuesday, everyone did. We didn't have time on the first Tuesday because we were still getting, you know, coming out of the long flight. The second Tuesday was there. We all went down and we peeled and prepared vegetables for the blessed soup. He serves about 80,000 bowls of soup a year to people all over Brazil and all over the world. But it's a fascinating environment so when I went, and I can only speak from my experience and tell you what happened, and, and as I said, next week on, at 2 o'clock, I'll show the video and I'll ask some questions because I had things happen there that I, I don't have time to, to speak of today and people had questions on the way out. But um, when I went before John of God, um, at any point in time, there's about 250 to 300 people that are holding current, which is in meditation with your eyes closed, with your hands on your lap, and your legs uncrossed. And the idea of being there, that when you, you hold the current, you keep your eyes closed, and you support the, the elevation of the, the consciousness there, so that he does his work, so that the, the work that is being done there doesn't need anesthesia. He uses no antiseptic, he uses what he calls blessed water. Um, and so when you cross your legs or cross your arms, you keep the energy to yourself. And so what you're asked to do when you sit and hold current is to offer unconditional love to everyone and everything. So anything that shows up in your consciousness, you offer unconditional love. And this current of unconditional love is what this researcher from Stanford was talking about. And it's just an amazing, amazing experience. So when I went through the first timeline, Heather Cummings said to me, she, was a, she really was wonderful. She worked with everybody in our group individually. So when we went through line, she'd always space us out about six apart. So she had time to take our, our requests because she has to read your prayer request to John of God. And, and so she took mine and she said, kneel down when you get there. And there's a little kneeling board. She said, that will allow you to spend a little more time with him because he's very quick. He'll go through a, a, a line of 300 people because he doesn't see you. He sees your entity. He sees your holograph. He sees what he says. And if this doesn't make sense to you, let it wash over you. I'm going to say what he said. He, they see past lives. They see present life. And they see future potentiality. 
And so what they'll go about is the prayer request is they will go to work at a very deep level of, of healing so that they will help assist you in pro- many times bringing up for you what needs to be looked at. And so when I went there, I kneeled and, and she said, this man's a pastor from Canada. And he, he looked down at me and I took his hand and uh, he has these great big blue loving eyes and he said, go sit in my current. And there's a room full of people in meditation or holding current and then there's nine chairs that are lined up very close to him, and then there's these church pews, like very much like what we have here. And so Heather took me over and put me in one of the nine chairs very close to him. So I sat there most of the week, the two weeks, I held current, unless I was going through for, uh, I went through for the line for a couple other things. But, um, so I did that, and in the afternoon I was sitting there, and I said, where do I go? She said, you go back to those chairs. And as Carmi and I were talking the other day, and she said, isn't it interesting that he recognized the consciousness of service and said, here, you're here to serve, sit down and serve. So, because I, I didn't go with a physical challenge. I didn't go for a physical healing. But what I wanted is I wanted my consciousness to be transformed and experience this. And I love and appreciate Dr. Roger Teal so much. I said, you know what, this guy's, if I could have a, a portion of what this man has done in ministry and the impact he's had in the world, I would be delighted. And so I'm going to trust, and I'm going to hang on to his coattails and go with him. And so in the afternoon, as I was sitting there, um, they came in. Somebody, I had my eyes shut, and they tapped me on the hand, and this young Brazilian girl said, went like this, because she didn't speak English, and I don't speak Portuguese. And I thought, well, they're kicking me out of the current room. I'm doing it wrong. I'm just, <laughs> All right, next time. And so they brought me out into the great hall, and here's all these people sitting in the great hall waiting to go in and see John of God. And Heather, uh, Laura Gwen, who was one of our, there were two tour guides from San Diego that are partnered with Heather Cummings to pr- create this, this incredible experience. And um, I went out under the great hall. I was on the stage, and Laura Gwen said, the entity wants you to speak to the people. And she said, just a couple, two or three minutes, would you like to go first? And I said, because she was going to speak as well, and I, and, and I said, you go first, because I haven't a clue what I'm going to say. And uh, so she spoke, and then, I, and then they gave me the mic, and I spoke, and I just thanked people and talked about unconditional love, with what, I, you know, what had been my experience to that point. And then Heather took the mic and she did it in Portuguese and then everybody cheered. So that was cool because nobody understands. It's very interesting to speak to an audience and you know they're just looking at you like, he's saying something. <laughs> Although I've had that experience here a few times. <laughs> okay, this, I got to tell you this. So this guy goes into a bar, right? And he's sitting at the bar and the bartender's way down the other end and he's, he's arranging things. And all of a sudden he's sitting at the bar and he hears... You are one good-looking dude. And he's like, looking around, he hears it, wow. He says, and then he's sitting there, and the bartender's still down there, and he says, nice haircut. He's looking around to see who's talking, and finally he hears, um, uh, I love that shirt on you, nice color. And he says, the bartender finally says, are you a ventriloquist? Are you saying something? Is there a mic down here? He says, oh, no, no, no. He says, those are the peanuts. They're complimentary. <laughs> you can use that, John. John. Nice shirt. <laughs> so, anyway. So, the things that were, what I know about this experience, um, it was so renewing for me and affirming of what we do at a deep level. 
This work that we do is very deep. This is, is Dr. Holmes says in his book, I mean, if you want to understand the depths of his teaching, is I, I, I love ideas of power. When deep calls unto deep, deep will answer. And there's just beautiful, beautiful uh, ideas in here. I believe, Roger Teal said to me, you know, if Ernest Holmes were alive, he'd be down here. And I said, I believe you're right. What it was was this immersion of, of, of unconditional love. Holmes wrote this in Ideas of Power, which is a compilation of his, his, his speeches. He said, we have freedom to love. And what is to stop me from loving you? Nothing but myself. What is to stop me from loving you? But nothing from, but myself. When this, this event happened at the Boston Marathon, that we've all, at least for me, I, you can't avoid it. We're, we are the thing itself. Spirit, when we talk about the, the vibration of, of this John of God, we are that energy. We are spirit itself. We just happen to be in a denser form. And so when, when, when things like that happen, what I know is in having been in Brazil and having my own insight into my own struggles with my own spiritual practices that we are here to love. I mean, this is what the, the, all of the great avatars, Jesus, the Buddha, we are here to love. And what happens for me is that when I look at a situation like that, the call to me is to not withhold my love. But when I, when I see the young men that, that perpetrated this thing, I'm very challenged to love. Because I go into judgment, I go into fear, I go into anger, I go into frustration, all of those human feelings, so I don't push them down. Because kingdom two is pushing down all the fear. The kingdom three of consciousness is living in co-creation. But what I can do is, and I've been trained and through my work with Dr. Holmes and, and my work and my own spiritual practice, is to lift myself up in love so that I can understand that even though these boys' behavior is, is deplorable and that the, the powers that be will handle that, there's a, there's a divinity that is, lives within each and, each and every one of us. It's not just the ones we like, it's in everyone. And so how can I do my own spiritual practice and my own forgiveness so that I don't allow myself, because when I see that, I'm tempted not to love them. And what it is, is it's, see, so my declaration to love is that I, I, I want to be able to continue to stay in that vibration. And so what I, I understand is I recognize the divinity in all of life. What I also understand is it's asleep within them. It's dormant. We're not born in original uh, sin. We're born, born in original ignorance. So here are two young men that went out and did this horrific thing that has impacted lives that, forever. That's so disappointing and so discouraging at one level. And yet for me to pull back into anger and frustration, because I've done that, but to stay there, I don't have that luxury anymore. I realize I need to, to shift my trajectory in my own consciousness because I want to be the feeling tone of love. Does this make sense? It doesn't mean that I love, I, I, and I love the divinity within these because I love the divinity in all of life. And if healing is to take place in my own being, then I want to stay in that vibration of the most high, which is unconditional love, which is acceptance. Uh, one of the traps that I run into is that if I love you, this idea that if I love you enough, you'll love me back. If I love you enough, you'll change. That's not love. That's just, that's, that's manipulation. So what I realized for myself is that I have to stand there. So what I learned in Abhijani is I'm standing there. Things would come up and memories would come up and people would come up. And I was there to hold the, the vibration of the most high for everyone. And so I got a chance to look at all of it, the stuff that I even hate, and find a way to love it. And it was transformative. And I thought, wow, this stuff's hard. Because there's people in my life that I don't, I don't, it's very hard for me to love. 
And yet that's what I'm called to because I realize the only, the only place that I'm restricting my capacity to be in life is when I don't love fully, when I'm not in that vibration of the most high. And so I want to I be in the love. So it's very self-serving in a way. But when I'm in the love, then I'm in co-creation. Then I'm not pressing down the fear. Kingdom two, when you find yourself suppressing the fear and pushing it down and pushing it down, when we first come to metaphysics, we get into the class and we say, okay, I'm perfect, whole, and complete, and God's life is my life here and now. And then all of a sudden the fears come up and we go, oh, no, 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 I don't do that anymore. So we push it down and we push it down and we push it down. We have to. We're learning a new survival technique. But eventually, if we stay with it, all of a sudden the fear doesn't rise up so, so potently. All of a sudden, we're quicker to catch ourselves because I want to live in that flow of life because my vision for the possibility of what we're doing right now, I, and Dr. Ken Gordon said in Vancouver, I believe that we'll see a world that works for everyone in my lifetime. He's my age. Man, I thought, wow, that's a deadline. Do you really have to say that out loud? <laughs> but if we don't do it, who's going to do it? If we don't do it, who's going to do it? And so it's done in the, in the, those, the, it is done in the silence and the privacy of our own consciousness. Holmes talks about it in here. It's the only place to do the work. And to be able to be pulled up out of this environment and placed into an environment where here, they don't talk about this there. They don't say, hey, you're going to go in here and you're going to experience this and this and this. Let me prepare you for this and this and then this is going to happen. And holy man, wait till this happens to you. And I, they don't say any of that. You walk in, you sit down, and all of a sudden you're in this incubator of, holy cow, what is going on here? This is amazing. And it's exhausting. First week, all I did was meditate and sleep. I'd text Laura and say, I'm going back to bed now. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I was over at the casa, going back to bed. Because it's such a potent, potent energy. And it's, and it's, a, different, it's a different vibration. So the, 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 seeing that and seeing the capacity for just to be there in unconditional love for one another, for the world, which is truly our essence, and to be in, invited so that whatever came up, it was to say, oh my God, and I love that too, and that too, and that's for love. And then, and, and then to witness how we all long, what, doesn't matter what language you speak, where we come from, we long for health and vitality because it's our natural state of being. And we long to be close to God. And then also the understanding that whatever we, we request, the responsibility lies on us to do our work, to go home. So my prayer was, you know, thank you for guiding me and leading me to be the best man I can be, to be the best minister I can be, to be the best friend, to be the best husband. Because I got, I got plenty of places for improvement. I know a lot of you guys don't, but I do. And, but we all do. You know, they showed us a beautiful Esther Hicks video when we were down there, and Esther says, it's, it's, you're, you're never done. You're never done. When, and when she says, you're never done, it's like, wow. So then I just get to celebrate this right now which is pretty cool. And the one thing that I came away from that experience, it was so clear for me, the last thing I'll share with you is, there's nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear. There is an army of light, the spiritual unseen life. There's an army of unseen force for good in our lives. And the way that we co-create with that is we ask for help. We ask for help. To know that the guidance and the awareness and the insight to guide me through this, to get me through this, is here now. I mean, this is what we teach. Why do we, why do we release our affirmative prayer? Why do we turn it over? There's a power for good in the universe that we can direct and use. 
And as we grow and evolve in our own consciousness, all of a sudden, it's not me using the power. It's the power using me. And then it's the reciprocity. There are times when I've got to do my work, and there's times when all of a sudden I get to sit back and say, wow, this power for good is really operating in my life. The vision that I have for our community, as I said earlier, is that we are a potent place when people walk in and they're seeking help, they're seeking assistance, they're seeking guidance and support and insight into how they may lead a more fully orbed experience of life. They walk in and the, the vibration of the most high is so tangible here that they, they're drawn into it. And then they're drawn to the right practitioner, they're drawn to the right minister, they're drawn to the right congregant or friend or small group ministry. We're doing our small group ministries now. We're starting to really get some momentum with that. It's exciting because that divinity that lives within you and you and you and all of us, we get to share that and we get to develop and we get to come in and have these meaningful conversations and give birth to them. what wants to happen here. We're doing our co-creation work, which is exactly what's going in Abhijandi. We pull things up and look at it till it no longer has power over us, which is what they were saying to people down there. Look at your life. How can you change this? You want better health? What can you do to support better health? Do you want greater prosperity? What can you do in your life for greater prosperity? How can you open yourself up? Do you want a greater experience of whatever it may be? Because we're supported in it. Whatever we choose, we decide. We choose to live consciously. In a world that would work for everyone, what would that look like? So that we educate our young men especially, who seem so frustrated and lost, to, 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 to not act out in such horrific ways. But that's part of it. That's part of that resistance at a deep level that we, that we just, they get so frustrated thinking, see, when you don't think you're in support, when you're not working with that divine presence within you and you're all on your own, that's a lonely place to be. And that's not true. Heather Cummings said, this, this power for good is like smoke. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And that was my experience there. Next Sunday at 2 o'clock, I'll, I'll, I'll share with you some of the things that, that, that happened for me there. I don't have time today. But it was powerful and wonderful. I thank you for listening to me today. If this seems strange to you, thank you. Just let it wash over you. But, it, but I, I just needed to, to sh say thank you. You know, I love doing ministry. I love what this, this role has provided me in my life. And for Laura and I, you know, this is our life. I want to do this a long time. Because I want to continue to grow and I want to continue to nurture the ideas that I think are most valuable. And so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the vitality and the intelligence and the health and the support and the love that allows me to do that. I'm grateful that, to, and what I know about doing this for a long time is to be able to go away and have Reverend Connie Nissen do just a wonderful, beautiful talk and you come and support and love her. Because this, is, this place and what we're doing is much bigger than one individual, although I'm the figurehead and I get that. And Reverend Catherine McLeod, same thing. They come and they give. And it's not easy to do it once, once in a while. I know that. Much easier to get up every week because you find a rhythm and you find a pattern and you're, you're supported in ways. But to, to be able to have the freedom and, and to, to go away and come back renewed and to share these insights with you and to bring the consciousness back with me. You know, a, a, a community that has amazing music and a variety of musicians and things that lift us up and programs that lift us up. An amazing, an, an amazing healing ministry here that I see over time as more and more of us capture this vibration of this current in a bigger way and have an actual midweek healing service where we sit and we hold the current and we allow the infinite to, to bless us and, and, and to nurture us. An opportunity that, that we have our, our, our videos out in the world 
those people that want this message and need this message can access it. And that our, our classes can be there too. You know, the opportunity, the blessing, you know, I went to, when I got there, I realized I've been struggling to finish up this memoir I've been writing, and I realized the last chapter of the book that I'm going to finish now is, is the, my trip to Abhijanya, my, my experience with John of God. And it's also, it, so it, all the blessings in that, and without the opportunity, without the grace and the space and the beauty in my life, it's abundance. And I'm abundant enough now, I've got enough money to live till next Tuesday. So... <laughs> That's my old joke I used to tell, but I used to tell people I got enough money to live the rest of my life as long as I'm dead by noon on Wednesday. But abundance is those opportunities. So I thank you. And I, something powerful and wonderful is happening here. There was many, many prayers that I put in and, 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 and it really got clear about for our community, for my ministry and what's happening here for this beautiful community of light because we are a community of light. And what made it so sweet for me was to go there and have it reinforced there to realize what we share here is so potently and beautifully alive there. And so the best is yet to come. Something wonderful is happening here. So in gratitude and appreciation and love, I thank you. So it is.